Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back, y'all. It's the Next Level Living Podcast. Come on. Number one ranked podcast amongst... Anybody who likes podcasts. Y'all, it's your favorite podcast. Favorite, favorite podcast. podcast. It's that type of podcast. <laughs> and we're back. with me. Yo, Jay, how you feeling? I'm good, man. You Excited. Good? I'm glad to have you back, my boy. Man, it's good to see you, yeah, bro. Yeah, you look good, too. Appreciate you, my boy. got that Reese's Pieces going on. What's up? I know. Peanut, peanut butter. butter. What's up? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Hey, well, you can't taste that rainbow. Oh, that's a Skittle. He went, a Skittle. That's cool. Hey, well, <laughs> Mona Fast. What anyway. you thinking about over there, Mike? <laughs> hey, listen. Hard. Oh. It's all good, though. Well, K-Hart, it's your turn. What's up, cuz? Talk to the people. <laughs> Oh my god! Why y'all give me that intro? Why y'all give me that alley oop like that? Like yes, that's not that wasn't fair. Your turn. Okay, I'm doing good, y'all. That's good. That's good. Hey yeah. Jay, man, look like we got a special guest. Man, man, let me tell you something, man. So one thing about me is I'm constantly in the place of trying to figure out, like, you know, not just how do we push our community and our people to the next level, right? But really trying to figure out, like, how do we bring in the best individuals yeah. that can really pour into our people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so when I think about when I think about next level living, you know, so often they hear from me, they hear from you, they hear from Chris. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we giving them depth and insight. But as we begin to bring on special guests within my network and my community, like you really experience some amazing people who have amazing stories. Yeah. So today, um, we're going to introduce y'all to Ashley Fox. She is brilliant on so many levels, and she's my wife's AKA sister. Hey. I already <laughs> tell you that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But just brilliant on so many levels when it comes to financial literacy and building wealth. And we're, we're so glad that you're with us. I know initially from New York, but then Philly. Philly, then New York. Philly, then New yeah. York. By the way. Um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, so tell us. So, so Ashley, thank you for rocking with us. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you for being with us. Absolutely. And so whenever somebody sits on this couch, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like they open up. Okay. You know, when Trap was here, my brother Wall yeah. Street Trapper, you know Trap? Yeah. Trap was like, man, this couch is like therapy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, like, your, <laughs> average, it's not your average interview podcast. Sure. It's, it's different. Yeah. Like, we, we get into the feelings of it. So, yeah. yeah. We're going to be serious. Mm-hmm. We're going to be silly. We try to keep Mike, and then me and him get going, and we be <laughs> yeah. cutting up. Then I got to like pull him did back. That? I didn't, but I, I ain't put it all on you. I ain't put it all on you. You didn't. You did. I saw it. You got to see me redirect often. Right, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah. There you go. But, but so. before we jump in, I just want to shout out Edward DeShazer. Yes. DeShazer. Yes. 
He did twelve uh, speaking one speaking engagement for twelve thousand seven hundred dollars. Let's go, Eddie. Come on, Ed. My go. gosh. So Ashley, we got a next level speakers academy mm-hmm. where we got a whole community, thousands of speakers that's out here speaking. And so we like to celebrate different mm-hmm. people. So for Edward to take the stage in 45 minutes and make twelve thousand dollars by blessing people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we get results, yeah. man. Shout out to Edward. That's Shout my out dog. to Edward, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love you, boy. So Ashley, um, let's get into your story. Okay. Right? Let's get into your story. Because when I first... Neo is the one who told me about you. Mm-hmm. He's like, bro, she's amazing. I'm like, that's all I got to hear. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, we don't we don't connect with each other mm-hmm. and connect people. That's kind of average. They all are operating at a high level. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, man, she's brilliant. And he began to give me the whole breakdown. And I was on Instagram. I was like, yeah, I'm following her. So we was tapped in. But my first question... Well, first off, tell the tell the tell our audience, our community, like what you do for a living. Like, what what is your what's your mission? What's your goal? Then we'll get into your backstory. Okay, so I'm the CEO and founder of a company called Empify, which is a word empower and modify merge together. So we're a fintech startup that is revolutionizing how adults and children learn how to build wealth. So we've created financial education programs that have been in school systems, prison systems. We partner with Fortune 500 companies, and we have our Wealth Builders Community app, which is a tech arm, and that's like the Netflix of finance. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is with my Wall Street background target the 99% that Wall Street often overlooks and give them the tools and resources they need to start with what they have, where they are, to take them where they want to go financially. I love it. Strong. (laughs) Strong elevator speech. Strong. Like, I'm ready to invest. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? So, so, so I know you went to Harvard. Howard Howard. University. The best HBCU in the world. Yeah. I was like, uh. Yeah. Yeah, get it. So, 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 did this get instilled in you from family, like your parents, like your upbringing? So, growing up, I grew up in a two-parent home. Okay. Um, my parents, I would say we were okay middle class. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't really struggle growing up. But I always, now that I'm older, I understand that this was always in me. Like, I used to draw as a kid, selling pictures on the school bus. And, like, mm-hmm. I always had some sort of hustle mentality. Um, but I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like back then that wasn't even a sexy thing to do. So I actually only wanted to make a lot of money and wear nice clothes. Mm. And <laughs> literally. That's and so, it. Yeah, right, <laughs> so right, right. I, I, it was like, okay, if you do that, what is the highest paying job you can get out of school? Mm-hmm. And so I knew I wanted to be on Wall Street. So I liked mm-hmm. math, I liked business. I went to Howard and I learned that all the companies recruit at Howard found out Wall Street paid their interns $10,000 in the summer. I said, I want that job. Hmm. So it naturally came from my desire to want to have money and to be in a superior, successful role. Um, But I always wanted to be a teacher. And a lot of people don't know that. But when I think of being a teacher back then, I didn't think I could have a lot of money. Hmm. So I kind of put that to the side and said, let me go chase the money. But interestingly enough, by the time I got to Wall Street, eight months later, I didn't really want it anymore. And so now if you think about who I am and what I do, in order for me to be effective at what I do, I have to be a great teacher. I also wanted to major in psychology, but I learned that to make Wall Street money, I need to be in school for at least to have my master's or my doctorate. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let me just take the faster route. I chose to go to Wall Street. I mean, chose to work on Wall Street, chose to major in finance. But now when I think about who I am, I have to understand the hearts and minds of the people that I serve. And I have to be able to educate. So I kind of do all three of those things in one. I love it. Before she goes on, like, can I break this down? Because you said you gave something that was so rich that I don't think, I think we skip by a lot of times. And a lot of times we do what we love instead of what pays us, right? I did the opposite. You, but, no, I think people do what they think pays them 
Because what they love, they might not think they can always be effective and make money. Many okay. times are different. But back then, so, back then so, you're taught to go to school, you get a job, right. you know, you work, you get your 401k and you buy yeah. a house. Like, But you pick a degree in something that you care oh, about, yeah. right? But, but you well, were I saying, didn't care about it. I just wanted to make money. But, that, but, but see, no, I'm circling back to that. Right, right, that's, right, my right. Ho- that's my whole point. Right, right, right. Is that our normal way of thinking is, I want to do what I love for the rest of my life type mm-hmm. thing, right? But you said... I just want to look fly and make a lot of bread. Yeah, that was and like, you picked what to do based off of what you wanted right. to do okay, that ultimately. Makes sense. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that I've heard somebody break this down is that he said, I and I think Myron Golden said this. He said, but I get paid a lot of money to do what other people want from me. Mm-hmm. He said, what I do for myself is my hobbies. So mm-hmm. instead of us pushing that main thing of, oh, this is what I really care about, find out what people care about. Mm-hmm. Do that to a high level and then they'll pay you top dollar for what they care about opposed to right. and so guess what now you're what you say you pointed to 99% because guess what everybody right, don't right. have it once right. well, so right. you already right. have my attention by telling yeah. me I have a resolution for your problem you're solving a problem now right. Right. and now we'll help pay to rock that platinum right. you know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> that platinum right, right, right. Good ass. I see you outside he was but like is so- that silver she was like mm. Platinum. Platinum. I was like, mm, right, sure. but Give one one answer doesn't apply to all because it, it it's the driving force behind what you're doing. If it, you're doing it for right. financial reasons, you're gonna do that and do it with all your heart. If you're creative and you want to do stuff for creative reasons because you have this gift and this talent, you're gonna do that with all your heart, and then the money will follow that. So it's a, it's just really a matter of which brain you're operating right. out of, um, and what you have seen for your life, like starting as early as yeah, you know, childhood. And, and I can say this too. How you mentioned the two brains? Yeah, I operate differently now. I think going into college, I operated with logic. Now I operate from my heart. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do what I love, and I found a way to make money doing it. Mm-hmm. Come on! But I did it in the beginning because that's what looked good on right, paper. Like right. I was that girl. Hi, I'm Ashley Fox. I work on Wall Street. Went to Howard right. University. Graduated with like. My my accolades were my identifier. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't until so when I left Wall Street and I quit to start my company Amplify, I lost everything. So I got kicked out of my apartment. I maxed out credit cards. I had to move back to Philly uh-huh. and slept on my parents' couch. And in that moment, all the accolades were gone. Yeah. Like now I'm teaching a subject that I don't even have. But because of what I saw on Wall Street working with wealthy people, I knew it was possible. Yeah. But in that moment, I started to operate off of what felt good. Because mm-hmm. even when I was there... I wasn't happy. Yeah, it was Like, it was, I didn't want to be the best. Like, I had to be the best. Like, at Howard, I had four internships. I got Mm -hmm. good grades. When I was on Wall Street, I didn't, I didn't want to be the best. Mm -hmm. And so I was confused as to, like, well, what's wrong with you? Because you did everything you could to be here, but you're not doing everything you could to stay there. And now that I run a business, I was not the best employee either. Mm -hmm. But when I left, I wanted to give the world what I felt like they didn't have mm-hmm. how I was going to do. I had no idea, but I knew that I was going to be the woman to do it. And because I understood the everyday person and also understood how billionaires manage their money, right. I wanted to create a universal language. And so I started to operate off of what felt right. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time in life that I stopped utilizing logic to make decisions. Exactly. I kind of operated off some sort of energy or vibration yeah. of what felt right. Scary. Yeah. And not everybody can do right. that. But like Sounds I make like decisions off of what feels right yeah. to me now. So it's interesting because some people specifically say, hey, you need to find an occupation, do what you're going to do for a living, something that you love and enjoy. Mm -hmm. But then I remember my grandfather told my uncle years ago, he was like, what kind of lifestyle you want to live? He was like, that's the conversation we need to be having. So while he was like a sophomore, junior high school, he was like, 
what kind of lifestyle do you want to live? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, I want to live like you. Like they had a ranch in Texas. He was like, I want this. He was like, okay, well, you need to be looking at a job. And, and now he's like a doctor research for a big pharmaceutical company. You know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes you got to, sometimes that question is, okay, what type of lifestyle do you want to live? Or it's like, okay, we'll do what makes you happy. But like you said, if you could find the, right. a balance of right. both. Right. Every day I wake up and I love what I do. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I was talking to uh, my team and it's like, you when you love what you do, how you define work is not how I define work. So right. let's call it every day I wake up and I'm in my purpose. Like, mm -hmm. that's where I go in my office. I'm in my purpose because people think it's work, but it's like, you could pay me $100 million and I would wake up and do the same thing same I do thing. every right. single day yeah. because it's not about money anymore. Right. And plus, and plus we love the chase. Mm -hmm. So my team was like, Jay, we want, we want to retire you. You sit back. We got it all. I'm like, I like grinding though. Right. Like right, I actually right. like to do it. Right. And so, you know, we are blessed to be in the position to where we can do what we love to do for a living, but then still get compensated for it and teach others. Right. And so, um, like talk about the journey. You went to Howard. Mm -hmm. Then you end up going back home with your parents. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that mindset. Because a lot of people listening might not be able to relate to multimillionaire, CEO, successful, all of that. They're in a place right now. Mm -hmm. They're like, man, I, I'm, I'm on mom and dad's couch. Mm -hmm. I'm in a weird in-between place, yeah. right? Like, I'm depending on others. And, and, and I want you to let them know, like, their condition, as I often say, won't be their conclusion. What was your mindset like? Was the season where you were discouraged and you had to break out of it? Like, tell us about that transition. Um. I was always discouraged. I still get discouraged, if I'm being honest. Mm, um, that's real. But I don't think the fear disappears. I just think your belief grows larger than your fear. Because I'm mm. always scared. There's I always heard that. fear. Constant. I heard but, that. Mm -hmm, we gonna need that. <laughs> Say that again. That's good. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> Lord, I'll Your fear you. doesn't disappear, but your but faith my, grows. My, but my belief, belief. is uh, it grows stronger. Jeez. Because fear yeah. doesn't disappear, but my belief... Yeah. It's like people could say, I want to be a millionaire... But they can be wa be a walking contradiction to how they think yeah. because it. their belief system that they're not one, they can't be Actually, one, is good. stronger than their desire yeah. to become one. Yeah. So yeah. my, there was a points where, so here, I think when I got kicked out of my apartment, when I first started my business, I think my belief system was I'm afraid. Yeah. I'm not making six figures anymore. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a game plan. I don't know what's happening. That was my belief system. Mm -hmm. Not I'm going to change the world and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to figure this out. So I ended up getting kicked out of my apartment. Like my, my thought process matched mm -hmm. what was happening in my life. So when I got kicked out, I went back home. And now what held me like tight was I saw money. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't talk to our team unless you had $25 million. Mm -hmm. So I saw where they shopped, where they lived, where they traveled, how they invested, how they avoided. I saw everything. Mm -hmm. So I knew it was possible. And I'm the type of person, too, you put me in that room. While I might not have $100 million, I had $100, so I bought my first stock. While they went to the south of France for the whole summer, I went to the south of France for a week, right? So yeah. I feel like success leaves clues. We just have to follow the blueprint. So I'm noticing a pattern with all our clients. And so I'm learning different countries around the world because they're mentioning places I've never been. At that time, I was I went to Cancun, Vegas, and Miami. Like, yeah. and that was you were cool. Like, <laughs> no, for but real. when you're going to Switzerland for the weekend, I'm like, well, where's Switzerland? Oh, so yeah. I would Google those things. So because I got a taste of it at my level with the yeah. money that I had, I wanted what they had. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you're sitting in the room with these people and you feel like you know more about their money than what they do, now granted, they created the wealth but it's our job to protect and preserve it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I went home, you I, you can't unsee those things. Right. So I knew that I was going to figure that part out because I always tell people there's really two ways to build wealth. 
You invest in your own idea or you invest in somebody else's mm-hmm. idea. You cannot save your way to wealth. You can't work your way there. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to invest in somebody else's idea. So I started investing in the stock market. But let me go build my own idea. And not everybody can do that. Right. So, so I was already on track to be like our clients because that was all they did. Right. right. So in those moments where I felt like I couldn't do it, so I got kicked out, sitting on my parents' couch, Dad thought I was crazy because I had a six-figure job. I had good benefits. At that time, I was still on my parents' health insurance. I wasn't over 26 yet. So I was okay, and I just figured it out. And I was a financial advisor. But one thing I did, and this is before social media wasn't a thing, I always posted my journey. Mm -hmm. So if you go all the way to the end of my page, you will see the last day I quit Wall Street. You will see my quitting my job brunch. Like, you saw that. And this is when that, you know, living your dreams or traveling— that wasn't a thing back in 2013. Mm-hmm. Like Instagram had just, you know, started. Mm-hmm. So because I saw that, because I had a vision, that's what kind of kept me going. Now, did I cry every day? Absolutely. There were times where I would drink bottles of wine and I realized that I was, after a while, so I became a financial advisor targeting low to moderate income people. And so, but people were listening to me because again, I came from Wall Street. I quit my job. So who is this girl? What's she talking about? So I had an event, 100 people showed up. And so I'm like, you know, maybe I'm onto something. I don't yeah. know. But I knew that I could give it to the world because I saw it. Like, yeah. I, I could not unsee that. Yeah. But in those moments, I think what really, really changed for me is people started to watch my journey on social. And I went on TV. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, no, I, I was featured in the news one time. <clears throat> and it was the first time I had makeup. I was in a green screen. I had to go to New York. Yeah. And it was like Jim Cramer's The Street. He's like the big crazy guy on TV on CNBC. And I'm like, me, you know, and I'm and it's like ex-Wall Street analyst quits her job or something. So I'm like, you know, whatever. And I do this interview and I was so scared. And my interview went all over the internet and I got really scared and I hid. Because mm-hmm. in those moments, I didn't believe in me. Mm-hmm. Clearly CNB, I mean, clearly the street, Yahoo Finance, everybody who shared the article, they, they believed in me. But I also was a headline. I was a black woman who left Wall yeah. Street to go teach the everyday person. Mm-hmm. But when that happened... I got scared because I never signed up to be in the public eye like that. I didn't have a website. I didn't have any money. I was on the verge. I was in in conversations of getting kicked out. I was going to court to get kicked out of my apartment. Mm. And so in those moments, it's imposter syndrome. I was like, literally like, but again, the opportunity would have presented itself if my belief system didn't have something. But we got to go back to the bottles of wine. Okay. So, (laughs) so this, you still in your parents home. Yeah. And you think, and you hitting that, you like, man, I'm struggling. I, I was drinking red wine. But you were still, right, right. I was, yeah. But, but you still getting up, still fighting through. But it's crazy because even in those moments, so after I got kicked out, I was growing my financial advisory business. I had opened an office. I had a team. And I still wasn't happy. Like, yeah. I, at this point, the, to the world, I look good. Still lived in my parents' house, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. And then after that, I got on probably like a year or two later. Yeah, maybe like 2014, 15. I went on uh, Fox News. And so I went on TV. You know how you look? You go on TV, you take yeah. a picture. To, you're looking for what's wrong with you. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with my clip. Yeah, I liked how I looked, how I talked, everything. And in that moment, I knew the direction my life was headed. And my mentor said to me, it is selfish of you to hide who you are from the yeah. world, knowing who you are. And so in that moment, it's like, okay, if you want me on TV, like I started to write for Forbes, like I'm not a writer, but all these opportunities started yeah. to come and I realized the direction my life was headed and I couldn't handle it. So I went to therapy. And so I would say, so that's, if we get back to the original question, you have to go to, you got to yeah. talk to somebody yeah. because 
you're going to doubt yourself. You're going to be scared. You want to have those little moments where you feel like, okay, I'm doing good. Or you have that customer that, you know, that testimony. Yeah. But I started to go to therapy because I knew I couldn't handle being yeah. Ashley. But I knew being Ashley was who I needed to be for the world. Yeah. And so did you grow up being like an introvert and being So like, I am. I'm an introvert. See? I'm only an extrovert in my craft. And that you put me on stage, sense. I'll kill it after I'm off. Because you you flowing right now. <laughs> so I'm but not that, getting no introvert. No, no, but, but because you in your zone. Right. Yeah, because you can you can kinda you can kinda see like you're absorbing more than you're actually speaking. So it's yeah. like you being an introvert growing up that way and then now being like in the public eye, you're like, I'm not used to this. Yeah. I, I'm used to numbers. I'm used to this. And like mm-hmm. But having to be so visible and not get it wrong, especially as a numbers person, you don't get it wrong. Right, right. But to like be able to like speak now and to be able to inspire, to teach people, you and you're still using that same methodology is like I can't but get it wrong. Now, yeah. I have a therapist, I have an yeah. executive coach, I have a spiritual advisor, I have a chef, I have a trainer. You, I pay thousands of dollars to get to be Ashley. Yeah. yeah. And and because yeah. if if we don't right, if we don't, if I don't have that. I can't do this. No, and I, then, won't, I, w- I won't. I won't. Right. I won't survive. And so, I learned that once I started to heal through therapy, just from understanding why I was scared, yeah. why I didn't think I was good enough, and I got to the root of why I was that way, and I realized that was through experiences and through conditioning. I got to a point where I said, "Well, who do you want to be now? Right? What is your story now? Who is actually going to be? What does her life look like?" Yeah. And I had to reparent and reprogram my mind. To be who I wanted to be to tell person, myself yeah. it was okay. But mm-hmm. that's a 24-7 job. 24-7. Yeah. Hey speakers, listen up. The next level brand studio is here. Your one-stop shop for all of your branding needs. We've created branding materials for some of your favorite motivational and public speakers. Are you in need of a high-quality logo design? Well, look no further. The Next Level Brand Studio is ready to create a high-quality logo just for you. Or maybe you need an electronic press kit. We have created EPKs that have helped speakers make well over six and seven figures. In need of a website? The Next Level Brand Studio has built websites for some of the biggest names in the industry, and we want to do the same for you. Or maybe it's time for you to go to the next level with a high-quality speakers reel. Whether you have taken the stage hundreds of times or just once, the Next Level Brand Studio has a team ready to assist and create a custom speakers reel for you. NextLevelBrandStudio.com. It's time to take your brand to the next level. So, yeah. so this is key for our listeners to understand because people so often self-sabotage and don't even realize mm-hmm. Right. And they own, you know, brokenness or they own like mindsets. Like they put themselves in a position and it's like, well, now you done, you done messed around and messed up. Right. So it's, it's refreshing for you to say, yep, I had to have a trainer. I had to have a, 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 a chef. chef. You know, I had to have a counselor, an executive coach, spiritual, your spiritual yeah. advice. I got all those too. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you need to have that to be your best self right. so that you can really operate in your full purpose. Right. Um, what would you say? But, but you were still... It sounds like you was making progress, but still wrestling on the inside. But, I mean, I think I'm like that today. When I made my first million, I was sad. It's like, girl, you done waited all this time, for, you know, for you had this moment in your life. And I was sad, but it was because I felt even more disconnected from people that I knew. What if I do something wrong and I can't sustain this because I'm not used to having this? And I had to like check myself like, well, girl, you can't sit here and say you want to build a three billion dollar business and you can't handle one million. And it's like in that same moment, I still wasn't good enough. But if when you're not used to having money, that is a pro pro like you program yourself to believe that 
you can't have it when it's like, girl, you deserve it. What's yeah. it look like to make a million dollars in a second? Let's go figure that out. But I have to rise to that occasion and make my belief system grow with what I desire. And so at that point, okay, when I made a million, my belief system matched my desire to be a millionaire. Right. But it's like, I'm not a billionaire because part of me doesn't believe it just yet. I'm going to keep saying it. Yeah. And it's like, let me walk, talk, and operate like a billionaire. But I have to rise to the occasion if it's something that I want. And I've I've also done this a lot of, like, I've kind of learned how to do this. And I know myself enough to know when I'm scared, when I doubt myself, and what I have to do to trick my mind into believing it. Mm -hmm. Because I learned back then, back mm -hmm. in 2017, when I started right. to go to therapy. Um, right. So, like, I know what I have to do. Like, let me walk, talk, and act like this Ashley. What does a $50 million Ashley look like? Right. What's her circle look like? What is she eating? How's she talking to herself? Well, where does she live? You know, what's her office look like? And it's like, I have to start, let me go shop for these. That's my next thing. I want to go shop for a building. Like, what does it look like when we ha when we own our office building? But where is it going to be in Atlanta? Like, so I have to rise to that occasion to get that. So for all the people listening, all our next levelers is probably wondering, like, like, is it really necessary to have all of that support? Like, I read in the Word, Ashley, it says that, um, that pride comes before the fall. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of prideful people out here that's like, no, I'm going to figure this out on my right. own. And I read that there's safety in the multitude of counsel. Mm -hmm. So the more people you have pouring into you, mm -hmm. the best position you put yourself in. I read an article on healthcare.gov uh, last year that said that the average adult has between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. 80% mm -hmm. of those thoughts are negative mm -hmm. and 95% of them are repetitive. Mm -hmm. So right. the average adult, so like 80% of your thoughts, the average human, I mean, some people might mm -hmm. be 92, some might be 45, right. but the average person, 80% of the thoughts are negative, but 95% are repetitive. Mm -hmm. So I can see why you're like, I need to have an executive coach to help me with some rewiring. I need to have a counselor and a therapist to help me figure some things out. Yeah. And I think that it's refreshing to hear because people need to know you didn't just luck up. You didn't just, as right. brilliant as you are, right. you still need the help. I still you still need, need help. support yeah. to help to this figure this out for sure. Yeah. And I think I got really good at listening. Like there's a person mm. doing the talking like mm. right now, Ashley's talking to you, mm -hmm. but I'm also listening to the words I'm saying. Mm -hmm. There's two of you, which ones like you ever like, like talk to yourself, who's talking and who's listening. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I got to get good at watching how I'm living. What, what are you thinking about? That's causing you to feel this way. Cause feelings come from the thoughts you have. First, mm -hmm. there's a thought. Then there's a feeling, then there's an action. Mm -hmm. If I start if I start thinking about what I'm thinking about, I'll start to understand why I feel a certain way. And when I feel a certain way, I operate at a certain capacity. Mm -hmm. So for me, I got really good at listening to Ashley. Mm -hmm. I think things like meditation, that's why you meditate, because you got to be still enough to be able to hear, not to hear what's around you, but to hear what's inside of you. And so mm -hmm. I got good at like, okay, I'm recognizing fear. What you thinking about, girl? Okay, I feel like I'm not good enough. Okay, let me tell you, you are. You got this. Like, hey, mm -hmm. sit down, little Ashley, because that's the person that's scared. Mm -hmm. We got this. And so I just learned a lot about me and why I was. And even when I recognized the not enoughness, I know where it came from in my child. Yeah. And it's like, hey, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you're good. You're Ashley Fox. Mm -hmm. We're going to figure this out. And then you stand tall and you do what you got to do. But some people don't know they're thinking that way yeah. or how what their thoughts are causing them to do. And they keep repeating themselves because the thoughts keep repeating themselves as well. So. I love it. I, I got another question for you. I want to know how does it feel to be where you are now and to be able to change lives and help so many people. So I'm a professional speaker. I've been speaking for 14 years. Now we got 
2,000 people in our Speakers Academy, and I'm seeing them like Edward out here making 10, 15, some $20,000 for one hour talk, and they're speaking and changing lives, mm -hmm. but then that, the resources that has come to them and their family is also changing lives as well. How does it feel for you now to have curriculums and books and courses and things in the school system and the community of people, and you're helping to shift the narrative to putting wealth back into our community? Like, how does that feel to live a life of purpose like that? It's almost like the Robin Hood. Girl, you went to Wall you went to Howard, got the game. You went to Wall Street, got the game. It was like, all right, now let me help y'all out. Right. So how does that feel? Being a black woman. So it's so in interesting. It feels normal. Yeah. It feels like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Now, if you if I think back to the Ashley that you read my journal back in 2013 when I quit, how I describe I called it it. It is now my company, Amplify. I am exactly who. I wanted to become and I serve who I said I wanted to serve. It wasn't crystal clear. So I think the clarity and the, the specifics grew as I grew, but I always knew I was going to take something from where it was. I didn't want it all put together like a rich, wealthy person. I wanted to take the person where they were, from where they were to take them to who they want to be. Mm. And I want to be able to pull out their inner potential to show them that it's possible. Mm. That's why I do what I do. If I'm being honest, I don't even like finance. Remember, I made myself like finance to get on Wall Street. Yeah. Wow. I want to learn you. What are you, what drives you? What are you afraid of? To let me show you in a simple way how you can do this. Because what I learned on Wall Street, again, if they started with $100 million, I had $100. And I did the exact same thing. I just have to continuously build brick by brick, share by share to get the life that they got. Mm -hmm. But most importantly, it was the mindset. And I think the other reason why it feels normal is because... I, I am my customer. Mm -hmm. I know what it feels like to have bad credit to be kicked out my apartment. I know what it feels like to have a dream that nobody believes, but I, I know what it feels like to make millions of dollars. I know yeah. what it feels like to follow my dreams and do what I do. So I know if I saw it on yeah. Wall Street, in college, right. in my personal life, you can't tell me you can't do it too. Right. So I've learned that as I grow, Empify grows. Therefore, my growth can't stop because I'm here to grow for the people that I serve. So if I'm being honest, it sounds really cool when you say it, but I wake up every day like my life is normal. Like it's, yeah. But I've so become it, that right. person to normalize the life that I have. So yeah. so so I'm, I'm totally feeling that. I guess what I was getting to, which is like, how does it feel to live a life of purpose? Like, because before, and you might still oh, right, say right, normal, right, right. but for so, me, it's like, I remember working some jobs and it was just like, <laughs> bro, I know it. My life is meant more than this, but yeah. now to see the life right. I'm living, I'm like, man, I I did that. And it, feel, like, it feels it feels good. authentic like, because okay. back then I was wearing a mask. Right, I would hide who I was. I didn't like the woman in the mirror. I hid behind my accolades. Now it's like you get raw, authentic, Ashley. I will mm. tell you. I never tell people what I'm going through, but I will tell you after I've gone through it. Right. Because if I'm if I tell you, I can't tell you what I'm going through because I can't provide a solution. I don't have clarity mm -hmm. yet. But after I go through it. I can definitely tell you about it. And so okay. for me, it feels authentic because I don't have to hide anymore. I don't have to act like I got it together. Yeah. You get Ashley for who she is and this is all you're going to get. And I'm growing every day and right. I'm doing the best that I can. So Ashley, what is one of the most like memorable moments that you've had being in this space so far that you hold dear to you? Good question. You should have told me that before. Let me think. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be a family or person. So, Okay. This is actually the first time I'm saying, let's see if I can say this properly without getting emotional. Ask the question again. What is one of the most memorable moments, um, impactful moments that you've had okay. at this point in this space? So, okay. So I would say, okay, I don't know if I can do this. I can do this. 
That's the couch. I know. (laughs) One of the most impactful, one of the most impactful moments. So a year ago, my dad passed away and changed my whole life. Yeah. But my dad made sure that we never needed anything as a kid. But my dad was in law enforcement. Mm -hmm. So he was very rough. Right. So at times I didn't think my dad loved me because he couldn't say I loved you. He was a provider. Right. But when my dad passed, everything was in order. Every account, every password, money. Like, we we will have money for the rest of our lives. My mother never paid a bill when she was with my father. She never has to pay a bill. She can live her life that she had with him for the rest of her life. And she doesn't have to worry about anything. And what that did for me made me realize, one, I wasn't this way because of Wall Street. Mm. This was in my DNA. Ooh. And it also made me realize that... If my dad could do it, he were, he had a government job. He, you know, he wasn't making millions of dollars. He wasn't investing and doing all these things. If he can do that and make sure we were good while we were living, right, right. while make sure we were good in his passing and have generational wealth for the rest of our life, you can't tell me that the everyday person can't do yeah. it. So in that moment, it made me first realize there's now no aspect of money that I haven't seen. From working with millionaires and billionaires to making my own money to losing, but also being the recipient mm-hmm. of the topic that I teach. Mm-hmm. I'm, I am the recipient of someone who passed down generational mm-hmm. wealth. So it sets the standard of what I'm supposed right. to do, but it now sets the standard of how I see the world because I know he can do it. So I think when that happened, it all came full circle and made me realize that my father loved me the way he, the best mm-hmm. way he knew how to. But his entire being Mm. was to make sure that we were set. And that's who he was as a man. And it's like, if my dad can do that, a black man raised in the 60s, then you can't tell me that nobody in this world can do it if my dad could do it. Yeah. I love it. That's beautiful. (laughs) I think I want to know, while being so authentic to yourself and being so true in this space, What's the most rewarding aspect of living in your truth and being your authentic self? And then what's the most challenging thing of that right now where you are? Um, most rewarding. After a while, you get to a point where you realize you're good at what you do. Mm. Like, it's like when you see people get excited because they bought their first stock or they got their first mm. 25, 25 cent dividend. Or you see parents investing for their kids. Because when I look at the people that I serve, they never come to you and say, Ashley, help me make thousands of dollars. It's about... Ashley helped me think different mm. and, and have a mindset shift on what I thought I could not do when she made me believe that I could. And that is what Empify is about. Like, it wasn't about money. It was about the mental shift from taking you from who you are to helping you become who mm. you deserve to be mm. because I know you deserve to be that person. Mm. Now, the most challenging thing is there's no blueprint for what I'm doing. It's like, I, work, I used to work at J.P. Morgan I am creating the J.P. Morgan for the everyday person. You shouldn't have to have $25 million to, to know how to properly grow, protect, and preserve your wealth. What, what does it look like on a smaller scale? How, you know, while they had trust in estate attorneys, let's start with life insurance. Right. While, while they have their investment advisor, get a brokerage account, right? Like, while they had their hedge funds, learn how to trade a stock. You know, like, so there, there's, there's another level to wealth that the 99% can have and deserve but the hard part is there's no blueprint it's like I always think about like a Steve Jobs like there was no blueprint to become a Steve Jobs or to become a Jay-Z like I have to be that blueprint so sometimes I don't my guiding light is the direction that I go there's no syllabus to this like in college I now have to create that syllabus that blueprint so sometimes I doubt if I'm going in the right direction 
I doubt if I'm doing it right. I doubt if I'm working too hard. Am I not, you know? So I think there's doubts because I can't see thoroughly the path. I can see the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. And so I I want, and I think that's the most challenging part of it. I love that. Yeah, that's rich. So I would ask that you will, um, before I close this out, tell the audience, speak to that person. Right? Speak to that little Ashley that's inside that person. Okay. That's wondering if they're good enough. Uh, their family, their friends around them. It's kind of just feel like, you know, just kind of stay here where you are, but they feel like there's something more inside them, but they're warring with who they should become, mm-hmm. with who they are right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that person that's trying to figure out, like, how do I quiet? Okay, I hear you, little Ashley, but this is who you need to become. What, what would you say to that person? I would say first, think about what you're thinking about and write down what you're thinking about. Hmm. And start tracking how often you're thinking about it. Hmm. And my spiritual advisor got me. That's how I'm so good at knowing what I'm thinking about. Because I used to have to like write down every time you feel doubt. And I would watch every day how many times I would feel doubt. Look up, I felt doubt 20 times that day. Because what happens, I always tell people, your emotions and your thoughts are like, like a game, a basketball, right? Let's say you're on the basketball court. Let's just say it's just you, right? And only one emotion can be on the court. But you, the one that's watching you perform on the court is the coach. If, if, if doubt is playing, you got to be conscious enough to say, sit down. It's okay. Yeah, like I'm going to put confidence on the court, like right? Mm, but like what that. happens is, like any player, if they've been playing for so long, they don't want to get benched because they've been good. Yeah. So doubt is going to try to get off the bench. It's going to fight you. It's going to try to run and knock confidence out. Yeah. You got to be able to say, doubt, sit down. And yeah. the more you bench doubt, just like any player, yeah. they'll get weaker. And confidence will get stronger. So I would say, ask yourself what player is on the court. And in that moment, if you can, because sometimes it's not as easy. Hey, take a seat. Confidence is, is, is up now. And you stand tall. Mm-hmm. You look good. And you be who you are. And you let confidence be the most dominant player on your court. Mm-hmm. And after a while, the doubts, the fears, the worries will get weaker. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a lot easier to recognize when they come on the court. But if that's the most dominant player on your court, it's going to be hard. So I would say... In those moments, so I do things in the morning, like I say seven things I'm proud of myself for, seven things I forgive myself for, and then seven things that I'm just going to do. So like, Ashley, I forgive you for feeling like you weren't good enough yesterday. I forgive you for doubting yourself because you didn't hit this goal. But then it's like, I am this, I am this, I am a billionaire, I am this. Right after that, and I give myself a high five in the mirror too. Mm -hmm. So just things to like, that, that player needs to be reminded. But the thing is, the world's not going to give it to you. The mm-hmm. president's not going to give it to you. It. Your family's not going to give it to you. You got to be your coach. You got to show for you and look in the mirror and say, look, I love you and we got this and we're going to figure this out. And you just got to believe that you could do it. And that's all that matters. You you know, you know why I'm, uh, why I'm smiling, Ashley? Um, it's clear that you did not get to where you are uh, because of your degree and because of your experience on Wall Street, you got to where you are because of your mindset, right? There's a certain, there's a beautiful mind that you've been blessed to have. And so to all of our, you know, next levelers out there, like listen to the advice she gave. She, she got a spiritual advisor. She got a counselor. She's meeting with people, executive coach. Like she didn't trust herself to just her own thoughts. And she realized in order for her to go to the next level, it's going to take a village. It's going to take a tribe of people that can see the greatness that's inside you that you might not already see. So for those of you all watching, I know you're excited. I know you inspire. You see this queen doing her thing, but it's like, okay, but when are you going to do your thing? 
Like, what's that next level look like for you? What adjustment do you got to make internally? Who do you got to surround yourself with? Who do you got to humble yourself in front of to say, hey, I don't have all the answers and I want to go to the next level and I need to go to the next level. Who needs you to go to the next level? You know what I'm saying? What family members, what children, what grandparents, like what kids are you going to put in college? Like there's a whole community that she's training up and raising and, and, and teaching and training. Like who, who's needing you to go to that next level? So think about that. Make the necessary adjustments and tap in. Where can they connect with you on Instagram? I just want to show you are the speaker of speakers. You, I felt you at my soul right now. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I was, no. I forgot where we were. <laughs> um, so on social media, yes. I'm underscore Ashley M. Fox. Okay. Um, my company is Empify. Go to Empify.com. Um, yeah. TikTok, the Ashley M. Fox. Yeah. YouTube, Ashley M. Fox. Well, those, for those of y'all on, Inst- on YouTube, we have it at the bottom as well. So y'all can tap in. Man, Ashley, thank you for blessing our people. Thank you. This was rich. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I need, to, I need to send some money your way so you can help us diversify this thing too. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise God. I love it, man. Hey, we appreciate y'all tapping in. We'll see y'all next week. See y'all. Yeah. I'm on another level.